Welcome to the seventh episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Entner. How you doing, Roger? I'm great. How are you, Don? I'm good. So this week, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about T-Mobile's latest uncarrier announcement. So over the last four or five years, these have become an event within the wireless industry because not always, but frequently, T-Mobile uses these announcements to shake things up a bit in terms of releasing aggressive offers, changing plans, doing things like adding in additional services like Netflix, et cetera. So they tend to make a little bit of waves with these. They're not always super exciting, but I did think that the latest on Carrier announced it was interesting. So what they really did is they updated T-Vision. So T-Vision was a TV service that T-Mobile launched last year. It hadn't really seemed to catch on very much, uh, I think in part because it was $90 a month with a $10 set-top box. But they did update the plans quite a bit. So the new version is a little bit more of a mix and match type of thing. So there's a $40 package for live sports and TV, $10 uh, package for what amounts to basically basic cable, and then uh, some ability to buy a la carte channels like Epix or Showtime for anywhere between $599 to $1099. It's available on Apple TV, Amazon Fire, iOS, and Android TV, but not on Roku, which I thought was interesting. And that's probably why they're, they're giving uh, folks an option to either buy a $50 Android TV dongle or to get a discount on an Apple TV. So having said all that, Roger, what are your thoughts in terms of, is this a compelling offer? Do, do we think it changes the game? What is the impetus for a carrier like T-Mobile to get more embedded into the world of TV? Well, to me, it feels like a, how should I say, a 2015 product with 2018 prices launched in 2020, right? When you look at it, the wireless industry is, is like, how should I say, like penguins. When one jumps in the water, everybody else follows. And this is the latest penguin that jumps in the water. And then they realize that the water is actually a little bit colder than expected. And there are sharks and, and stuff like that. So what I think the, 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 the logic here is, and... And what uh, Mike Sievert said in the end, you know, that we should stay tuned for 5G to the home, is this is one of the two building blocks to replace the cable bundle in the home, especially in rural America, where you want to have both the internet connection and, and a TV stream over it. That is probably the logic behind it. And then the problems start, right? None of the lineups are complete because CBS, for example, is missing. You know, and if you want to do sports and you have NF uh, CBS missing, you're missing half of or at least a third of Sunday NFL. And sports is the only thing that matters these days in, in live television anyway. So it's a challenging undertaking, right? Yeah, so I think there are a couple other offers that are out there that are very similar to this, right? So YouTube TV costs $65 a month and it has a couple million dollars or a couple million subs. Hulu with live TV costs $55 a month with ads, $61 without, and they have 3.4 million live TV subscribers out of you know, 29, 30 million total subscribers, most of whom are on the 599 non-live TV plans. So there's some degree of success out there. The question is, 
you know, how big is that market and is it worthwhile for T-Mobile to get involved in it? Well, it depends on how you define success. If you define success in losing money and making it up in volume, then yes, there is success. Uh, none of these guys are making a profit. YouTube TV doesn't make a profit. Sony View with exited the market because they couldn't make a profit. The underlying problem that T-Mobile wants to fix, meaning cable companies and, and others, are not the problem. The problem are the content owners. You know, when AT&T got into this whole content distribution and content game, I made an effort to understand this world and and tried to make and made some friends in, in Hollywood to understand the dynamics here. And the content creators are on an active campaign to kill the content distributors. And go direct to consumer. And go direct to consumer. Basically, like 15 years ago, if you know Hollywood a little bit, it's on one hand, very, very competitive. On the other hand, it's a village where everybody knows everybody, where everybody worked with everybody, and everybody knows that they will work with somebody who is a competitor sometime in the future. So in a way, it's competitive, and it's also like uh, there are no secrets, basically. So all of these guys, roughly the same time came up, realized that technology is moving in their direction and in their favor. As the networks are getting, as the broadband networks are getting more powerful, the cable bundle that married the content stream with the transport can be broken apart. They realize that and that they can go over the top directly to the consumer. So what they did basically said like, okay, we're going to do our own SWATs, streaming video on demand products and maybe you know hulu is the example of a of a streaming provider that is owned by the content owners that's the key here with with hulu they're in a way you know special because they're owned by by disney and others gives them diff slightly different treatment well and hbo max would also somewhat fall into that category correct yes because when you look at at at&t's progression yeah they looked at it and said like Oh my God, 80% of the content over our wireless networks are, are video. We're not getting anything. So who's the biggest content distributor that we can buy? Oh, DirecTV. Then they realized the content owners want to kill DirecTV, right? And they were warned about it. I remember the a press conference where they where everybody said like, you know, your peak, you're buying at the peak and this is going downhill. And they're like, yeah, 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 we, we'll figure it out. And then they figured it out. And as a result, they realized, oh, I don't want to be a content distributor. I want to be a content owner. And that's what I, I they bought Time Warner, because that was the biggest one that was available. But coming back to the story of the content owners, what they are doing is like, and what they have done over the last 15 years is every time they have the opportunity, they raise prices which has a, a double positive effect for the content owners. One, they have higher profit. B, the content distributor, either their profit margin goes down and they're getting in more and more distress, or they're giving it hands down to consumer. The, and the consumer starts hating the distributor, not the owner. 
And so the owners, the Disneys of this world, are looking better and better and better. Because, oh, we're giving you Lion King and, and uh, Marvel's uh, heroes and, and Superman and you name it. And these evil cable guys and satellite guys are raising your prices. Outrageous. As a result, when you look at it, cable did the right thing. Cable became a broadband provider. Cable, when you look at the numbers, is indifferent and profit-wise, basically indifferent to the video bundle. They don't make margin on this anymore. And when you listen to, for example, Brian Roberts, who's, who probably saw this from Comcast, who probably saw this better than anybody else, you know, he's talking about we're a broadband provider and we don't care what content you run over our cable. And that's why they did, for example, that Flex platform. You can have a Flex platform and for free. And it runs all the things, Netflix, you name it, everything. And you can consume the content whatever you want to. Now, the satellite guys, both Dish and DirecTV, don't have that option of bundling and fleeing to a, a fiber connection. Charlie Ergen, who is another really smart guy, figured that one out too. What did Charlie do? He bought Spectrum left and right, right? And mm -hmm. now he's going to be the fourth facilities-based network. And when you look at it, he's negotiating with the content owners like they're enemies, because they are. And then comes along now Verizon and, and T-Mobile, and <laughs> the content owners are a little bit like drug dealers. They, oh, here's a really attractive deal. Why don't you take it? And then they give it away like Verizon to their consumers. The consumers love free Disney Plus. Who wouldn't, right? MPS goes up. They got a great deal, but they're going to ratchet up the price. And then, and then Verizon is in the corner. Huh? Well, and we've seen this happen already, right? So T-Mobile gave Netflix to their customers, right? So they had the whole yeah. uh, Netflix on us, which was another uncarrier promotion. And yeah. then a couple of years after that came out, Netflix raised prices and T-Mobile passed that price uh, hike on to their consumers, right? So Correct. And so you again become that distributor in the middle that gets squeezed to death. And when you listen a little bit to the people out of Bellevue who negotiated that stuff, you know, the groaning and complaining about how horrible the content owners are, and they are objectively, and how difficult and archaic they are to deal with. It's mind-blowing. That's why this took so long, because the content owners are basically like, so who are you? Some Magenta guys out of, out of Washington State? Oh, how many customers you have uh, for your video thing? Oh, zero? Well, here's the price. Take it. And here are our terms. Take it, right? Right, but isn't this really about T-Mobile's aspiration to fully compete with the cable MSOs, right? So the idea that, that you know, at some point, once their 5G network is mature enough, they'll be able to offer fixed wireless internet with video on top of it, right? That, that's really the play here. This is the first step out of a two-step. But they're doubling down on something that the cable guys are getting out of, right? And look at the numbers. People hate linear television. Young people, how many are watching linear television? So I, I would make an argument that this offer is not linear television. There is cloud DVR included. 
So it's much more similar to something like a YouTube TV or a Hulu with live TV than it is to a traditional linear TV package, to be fair. But I can go directly to Stars, Showtime, and Epics and get it for basically the same price, right? Mm -hmm. And so whoop-de-doo, they're another non-value add distributor, right? Mm -hmm. And then they're offering NBC, ESPN, Fox Sports 1, HGTV, LT, TLC, Hallmark, and other stuff that you have to be older than me and I'm in my 50s to enjoy. So what, I, what I'm hearing here, this is not something that should be making the MSOs or the other carriers quake in their boots, correct? Not at all. If you're an MSO, you're looking at it and you're like, okay, hump my leg. Okay, you're going after something that makes zero profit for me. What the MSOs are afraid of is 5G internet to the home, mm -hmm. especially in rural America or suburban America. That is concerning. That's where, where the real battle is. T-Mobile is like the scavengers that are showing up after the battle was, was fought and lost. Well, I think you have to start somewhere. I think you have to start somewhere. I think, you know, if you had to start with fixed wireless internet or start with the TV offering, you could probably start either place, right? And it, clearly they're starting with the TV offering. I think what's interesting is that if you look back at the uncarrier playbook that T-Mobile has ran against the carriers, a lot of it has to do with fees and, you know, prices going up, things like that. I think there's actually an opportunity there for T-Mobile to do something similar with the MSOs. And if I were the MSOs, that's what I would be afraid of, is a, a unified offering that has to do with fixed wireless internet plus TV for a flat fee without, you know, extra charges and things like that. I mean, just a, a couple years ago, Comcast was named the most despised company in America, right? So this, by and large, cable companies are not always the most popular companies with consumers. So to the extent that T-Mobile has done a good job, I think, in terms of simplification, I think there is some opportunity there. Oh, yeah, they're, they're going to get the cable company haters. And is there enough hate going around? And is it justified in many cases? No doubt about it. But you have to look at it the other thing. T-Mobile was able to lower prices because the cost structure of the product has gone down, right? When you look at cost to serve a customer over the last 15 years, that has gone down by like two thirds. It was like in the mid 20s, upper 20s. Now it's $9. In the content industry, as I said, the content guys are raising prices and they enjoy raising prices on you because you have to either eat it or you have to hand it down to the customer. And just making that SWOT product even more attractive. So it's a, it's a slightly different game. The, the other thing that I'm a little bit afraid of is, you know, there's this anecdote of Steve Jobs meeting, of Apple meeting Phil Knight of Nike and telling him, you know, Nike could be such an awesome company if you would focus on your shoes and stop doing all the other crap that you're doing. And T Mobile has been an awesome pure play wireless provider. They have turned from the runt of the litter to the best executing company in the in the industry. I'm a little bit afraid that they're like spreading themselves too thin. Because all the other guys who have started spreading themselves thin didn't end too well. But consumers rejoice you have a new offer. Consumers is a good story. 
for T-Mobile shareholders, not so sure. So it'll be interesting interesting to see when they do decide to drop fixed wireless internet access on 5G. I know at the end of the presentation, they foreshadowed that quite a bit. So we'll definitely keep tracking this. And as uh, more of it develops, we will come back to revisit. Thank you, Roger. Okay, thank you.